0: thanks for joining us today for the ramp church podcast we pray that you will be encouraged and empowered by this week's message and you would encounter god wherever you're listening from if you'd like to know more about ramp church manchester or would like to partner with us in giving visit us over on our website ramp.church mcr or find us on social media now let's go into this week's message Today. Turn to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. If you have your Bible, if you don't, it's all right. It'll be on the screen right here. You can read along with us. And, um, and the, you know, it's it, for, for some of you maybe that are new to faith or new to church, first of all, I'm so glad you're here. I just love being in this space with people who are exploring faith. Maybe faith for you feels foreign. Maybe someone paid you to be here <laughs> because they're like you need to be in church I'm not sure the reasons I've heard some crazy reasons for people coming to church but I, I just feel you're in the right place today and this is a safe place for questions for doubts for skepticism and I've always found the best way to explore questions about faith are in a community of other people who are exploring questions about faith and nobody here's has arrived um, I'm uh, Obviously, my wife and I lead the church here, but it's not because I'm I'm not like the chief arrived officer here uh, for the charity. I'm on a journey just like you are. And we're all exploring this endless expanse called God and truth. And we're on this pursuit. And there's something in that that has already, I feel like, changed and transformed my life. And I've seen evidence of that in enough enough of other people's lives that it's made me go, hey, I want to find out what's behind all of this. And if that's you, feel free to sit there with your questions, and if something's not landing or hitting home, ignore it, and, and feel free to just connect with the stuff that is, that is hitting home. But maybe you are um, new to church, and of course a book that's called Judges. That really sounds comforting, doesn't it? So we're turning to the book of Judges, chapter 6, but it's maybe not what it sounds like um, at at face value so just in your notes maybe write down verses 11 through 20 uh, I'm sorry 1 verse 1 through 24 and I'm just going to read verses 11 through 17 so write down verses 1 through 24 but I'm just going to read verses 11 through 17 now this is the story of a man called Gideon Uh, anybody heard of, of that that dude So this is a a period of Israel's history. This is not a history lesson, I promise, but let me give you a little context before we just dive into kind of this ancient literature, this ancient book. This is a a period in Israel's history where they had been for four centuries in slavery. There were an entire people group who had been enslaved by by an empire, a global power at that time um, in Egypt. And they were, they were just supernaturally, miraculously, according to the biblical story, um, uh, taken out of that situation, that story of slavery. And God's promise to them was, I'm going to give you a home. I'm going to give you a place to live. You're not going to be enslaved by anybody else. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you something that is your own. And it's just a, it's an amazing story. But we come in this place where Israel doesn't have a king or a ruler. They're ruled by by basically prophets, people that hear from God and then help declare that word to Israel, to to the nation of Israel. And that's what the book of Judges is about. It's about all of these uh, various prophets who then come and declare God's word to the people. And the story of Israel is not unlike many of our lives, especially in the book of Judges. It's like it's almost like this cycle, like like the sea, uh, the tide in the sea, where there's a season where they, they feel really close to God and like everything's going great in their life, and then they get their eyes off the main thing, and then the the, the tide recedes, and then all hell breaks loose, and their their life is awful, and it makes them look for something transcendent. Then, uh, life life is is pretty much stinking right now. So I've got, sure there's more than this. So the tide comes back in and there's a, there's a proximity to God and you see that cycle of in and out and in. And that kind of journey to me so reflects, I've been in pastoral ministry long enough to see oftentimes our lives, I've seen in my own life, we reflect that things are going great. It's like after a while, I'm like, you know what? I think I got this life thing covered. I feel, I feel pretty good about this. So, uh, so the God connection or connection with other people who have a God connection may wane in that season. I don't feel such a need in that season. And then, when things are going pretty cruddy, then there's then I go, oh, you know. First of all, I need something to fix this. Second of all, surely there's more to life than this. And then, then our heart starts to turn toward God. But do you know, it's actually possible to live every season of life with a hunger as if everything I need is only found in God. Jesus preached into that idea in his, in his longest sermon called the Sermon on the Mountain. He said it this way. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't have time to dive into that fully, but another way to see that is blessed are those that recognize their need for God. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Isn't it wild that the only thing God requires of you and I to come to him is a recognition that I need him? This is why I think in the West that it's, it's as difficult of a place as any place in the world for people to, 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 to come to God because we don't need much in the West, do we? We don't have needs. It's amazing because when, when, when you deal with, with some big questions around faith, I love dealing with the big questions, and of course one of the biggest is, well, what about pain and suffering? You know, how can there be a good God when there's pain and suffering in the world? And when you look at, and that, that's too big of a question for us to explore in this message, although I have preached on it in the past. But when you look at that and you look at, at, at parts of the world where, where suffering and pain are the highest, those are actually the parts of the world where faith is the most, percentage-wise. Wouldn't you think it would be the opposite? Wouldn't you think it's the people who are suffering that then deny God, if those two things, when, when it's not that way? Why? Because readily, their needs are readily apparent to them. They can't look anywhere. And, and, and realize, uh, yeah, I don't have a need in that situation. And sometimes what's actually keeping us from going deeper in God is the refusal to see that I need Him. You know, sometimes the best gift that you can get from God is the recognition that I need Him. Just that revelation, just my eyes being open to see I have a deficit that needs to be filled. Do you know you can hit rock bottom before you hit rock bottom? That's my prayer for you today. That you choose the place of desperation before before your circumstances demand you're in the place of desperation. All of us have been in the place where there's no other where to turn but God. What would happen if you as an individual and us as a community chose before we hit rock bottom to realize I'm desperate for God now? Do you know what would happen in your life? Instead of this cycle that we see in Judges, you would all of a sudden enter this kind of a... Because because when you get to a place where desperation, your need from God, means you inherit the kingdom of God, Thank you, Jesus, and the Beatitudes. What's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's dominion, the kingdom, the dominion of the king. Which means everything in the king's dominion is the way the king likes it. You're tracking. So how do, you, how do I know what the king likes? Well, look, look at the place where he has utter authority and rule. Heaven. Is there any sickness in heaven? It's an easy question. This is, this is like a... That I've already given you the answers to this test any sickness in heaven No. Okay. any depression in heaven No. any lack in heaven no. so that's that's the dominion of the king so blessed are those that recognize their need for God for theirs is the dominion of the king the kingship of God rules and reigns in their life how do I access that through living a perfect life mm, through memorizing all the Bible verses no, through, through going to seminary and becoming a church leader. Recognizing my need, that's the doorway into living in God's dominion? So what would happen if your need, your recognition of your need, allows you to position your life where you inherit some of God's dominion in your life, in a facet of your life, or a way in your life? And that that increases, that increases the vibrancy of the God life inside of you and instead of waiting for that to wane and and hitting rock bottom and then you crying out again and you starting again at right there at that point you get desperate then what happens is that hunger then then increases god's dominion in your life in a fresh way and then that hunger you're choosing hunger and then that that increases god's dominion in your life in a fresh season we're we're about to enter oh actually we did yesterday But we're entering a season in Ramp Church of prayer and fasting. Oh, that didn't get an amen, and I I get it, because I hate fasting too, okay? It's not like I'm the pastor, so I love to fast. I hate fasting. But we like to start each year with a season of fasting. So we're taking 21 days. Started yesterday. If you're just now hearing about this, no big deal. Just start tomorrow or start this afternoon. But fast whatever you feel led. Of course, traditionally, fasting, Christianity is not the only, of course, faith system that does this. But fasting is a time where you you abstain from food so that you can invest in spiritual hunger. That's what it's for. Uh, We fast to make ourselves hungry. Hungry for food that actually satisfies. Jesus says, I have food that you, you don't even know about. He's telling his followers that and he's trying to open their eyes to see there's a soul sustenance that you can tap into That's deeper than any kind of natural fleshly sustenance And we fast to get ourselves hungry for trans for something that's transcendent That transcends our our, our everyday circumstances And that's ultimate truth and that leads us into life and life forevermore So I want to invite you into that space for the next 21 days to invest in this, to give our year 2022 to God and, and pray with me that it's nothing like 2020 or 2021. Can I get an amen in the room? But if it is that God would give us the grace to sustain us no matter what is ahead of us. But why are we fasting? Because we want to be poor in spirit. I don't, I don't have to come to God with anything except need today. And sometimes the emptiest of us, we're still too proud to recognize I need. I think that phrase, I need, is one of the hardest things to admit in, the, in Western society. But I'm teaching on Gideon, not Western society. So, Judges chapter number 6 starting in verse 11. What's happening right here when you pick up this story about Gideon is Israel has has now, um, they're trying to set up this new home that God's given them. And there's a nation called Midian, which Midian is to the south of Canaan. And, okay, so we're not just doing history, we're doing geography today, ladies and gents. So, and what what happened is, Israel's struggling in this season and midian a foreign nation is coming and they're setting up camp around seasons of harvest what they're doing is they're setting up camp around israel and as israel's harvesting their armies are invading israel and stealing their harvest they're stealing their animals they're stealing their they're stealing their crops and then they're going back to their country so israel's then left with nothing in an agrarian society That's everything. They're creating a complete nation of people who is in desperate need. And how many feel like you've only received part of what God's promised you? Just am I the only one? If you guys are walking in the fullness of the promise, please. Because I need to learn more about how to do that. That's where Israel's at. They're living in the land, in the place, the location that God promised them, but they don't yet have the life that he promised them. There's sometimes a corridor in between where we were and where we're going. Israel was in that corridor. They, they can see it. They're, they, they have glimpses of it, but they're not walking in the fullness of what God's promised them. And so what, what I want to talk to you about Today is tending the fire of disappointment and hope. Tending the fire of disappointment and hope. You know, if there's anything about the human experience to me that would unify all of humanity, it's disappointment. Do you remember that season in your life where the things you thought you would do as a kid, the life you thought you would have when it, like, the penny dropped and you realize, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> we laugh about it, but that's hard, isn't it? You realize the relationship I thought I would have, the, the grades I thought I would get, <laughs> the program I thought I would be in, the job I thought I would have, the paycheck at the end of the month from that job I thought I would have. Disappointment sets in. And oftentimes we get in this place where we settle and we don't push on to all that God has for us. That's where we pick up Israel's story. They're in, the, they're, they're in part of the answer, but they could settle there if they wanted to. Midian is attacking us. But God finds one person who's not satisfied. And Gideon at this point is in a wine press, a place where they turn grapes into wine. And he has wheat in there. And the reason is is because he's hidden there. He's hiding the wheat from the Midianites who have camped and want to steal it. And he's brought this wheat and he's threshing wheat. He's turning it into flour. And he's hiding it from the Midianites. And look what happens in that place. Verse 11. Judges 6:11 Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And I so don't get lost in the place names. We just as much can be talking about Salford and Stockport, all right? My jokes are just not landing that well today. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. I apologize, guys. This is the truth. You want to know the truth? Um, Basically, I am still on central time. So if I fall asleep in the middle of this message, it's not because you're boring. It's because it's the middle of the night to my body. Um, While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor, or mighty man of courage or boldness, fearlessness. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, I love this. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of the Midianites. Anybody in here asking why questions? Do you know uh, Google, Google records their, their um, analytics on the, the most asked questions every year. Have you ever seen that? 2020, of course, was a pretty crazy year, right? Well, the most asked questions, and this is the first time in Google's history, started with the word why in 2020. Why, why is that? Because we're searching for answers, connections. Help, help me figure this stuff out. Gideon was there why okay if God's with me thank you person who's appeared in my room at this point and I'll I'll show you why later Gideon just thinks this is a person he just thinks it's a man just stay at he doesn't know it's a heavenly being and he says okay well thanks for the encouragement but if God's with me why why is all this happening to us look at the way the angel responds and the Lord, I love that. The Lord, at first it's, we find out it's an angel, but now we actually find out it's God himself is has, has revealed himself to Gideon. Gideon doesn't know it. But now the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Did not I send you? You know what's crazy to me? About, go back to the other part of this verse on this screen. You know what's crazy about this? That the Lord... Yahweh, God, says to to, to Gideon, go in this might. What might? What might? Gideon is scared in a wine press, threshing wheat. What might? Do you know what I think the might that God is identifying to Midian? The willingness to admit, this isn't all God promised me. Do you know what I'm calling that? The fire of disappointment. This is what I felt for, for myself uh, coming into this new year. One of the things I felt. There's some things in my life I'm pretty frustrated about. And, and it could be my work life, my personal life, different things, family life. And I know it's not everything God, God's told me that's supposed to be. Sometimes it's not even like he's told me personally. I can just read this word and I can recognize it's not what He's said is going to happen. And sometimes, because I believe the Western myth that, that the power of positive thinking is all I need, that I actually, I actually go, oh gosh, I can't, you know, I can't fight with those thoughts of negativity or disappointment, because I think that, that that's got to be anti-God. But do you know what I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, and I just want to share this with you, this is what I heard him say to me, tend the fire of disappointment. Tend the fire And this is what I I knew immediately I thought of Gideon I knew this is what God's trying to tell me If you would allow yourself Not to move beyond the disappointment But sit in the disappointment And realize This is not what God promised And find hope In the disappointment You might just hear God saying In that place Go in this your might. One of, the, one of the reasons I believe we move beyond a disappointment into the power of positive thinking is because it's hard to stay in a disappointing place. But the only thing that keeps you in a disappointing place is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God who wants to come into that place and allow you to have faith in it. Let's keep reading. Verse 14, let me read it again. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Did not I send you? We could stop at each one of these phrases and preach on it, but for time's sake, i got to keep moving. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. He's, He's naming all his disqualifications to God. You ever get in that place? Sometimes every day I'm there, some seasons. God, you don't understand. I know why your promises aren't happening. Well, I'm the least. My clan's the least. We all the least. This can't be true, what you promised me. And the Lord said to him, he didn't give him the answers. He didn't say, oh, no, 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 you think you're the least, but I say you're the greatest. Oh, you think you're dumb, but I say you're smart. You think you don't have any experience? I say, no, you are experienced in the spirit. He's not not getting like Pentecostal like TV preacher on it and hyping himself up. Do you know the answer? Do you know how God speaks into that situation? Okay, I get it. You're right. You're the least. Your family's the least. You're pretty low on the totem pole, bro. But I will be with you. Do you know God's solution to your situation has little to do with you and a whole lot to do with him. (laughs) You are removing from the situation the very thing that's going to give you hope in the middle of the disappointment. It's the fact that you're not alone. It's the fact that he is with you. That's why this message is called Tending the Fires of Disappointment and Hope. And today I'm looking for people who don't want a shortcut out of disappointment. They want the grace and the faith to stay in the middle of the questions and inside the question receive faith and grace from God to contend for what he's promised. That's what I'm looking for today. Do You know, Jesus is by nature an intercessor. Intercessor is a word we don't use very often today, but it, this is literally what it means. One who stands between. I have the problem, and I have the promise, and I'm standing between the two. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus is still, what's Jesus' job description today? That today, now, he is forever making intercession. He's standing between for you and I. That's his job description. It's pretty simple. There's one thing on his key performance indicators. Stand in the gap. So, for you and I to be remade in the image of Christ, it's not just for us to be nice to people, right? Jesus was nice, so I'm nice to the server at the restaurant. Hopefully, your following Jesus life is more sophisticated than that. By nature, to be remade in the image of Christ is to be one who stands in between. Do you know what it's like to stand between? Many of you are in your life situation right now. You're like, yes, if you only knew how much I knew what it's like to stand in between. What it feels like to stand in between is you don't fully have where you were and you don't fully have where you're going. Yeah. It's quite uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's, it takes a level of spiritual maturity to be able to, to feel the feeling of what it's like to stay in between, not take it personally personally. And go, God, this is because of my own failures, or I haven't read the Bible enough, or I haven't been praying enough, or I did miss church one time in December. I mean, look at all this, and I feel terrible. I feel I'm so separate from you. Maybe you're standing between because God's put you in a place between the problem and the promise. And the reason it feels that way is because the nature of Christ in you is positioning you in a place of disappointment because it's your job description to contend for hope just like it was Jesus' job description. Men and women of valor. You know what Gideon's might was? He refu- In the place of, of confusion and questions and problems, he refused to give up and just accept, this is all God has for me. And the Holy Spirit showed up in his everyday life. Notice he wasn't praying here. That gave me encouragement. <laughs> He's not fasting. He's afraid. He's going about his everyday business. It's, Fresh and weed in the wine press. And God interrupts him and calls him a mighty man of valor. And says, go in this your mind. What What? What might? I'm willing to accept anything less than what God has promised me. I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak to me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you and said, I will stay Till you return. The, the rest of the story is great. If you want to read from verse 19 on, he goes and gets uh, an offering. He brings the person an offering. He still thinks it's uh, a person at that point, And then the person disappears. And then he goes, Yeah, I think that was God. And he says, I've seen God. I hope I don't die. And um, God then speaks to him. He's invisible at this point, but then he speaks and says, It's okay. You're not going to die. <laughs> That's a funny story. So, um, So, (laughs) was that worth a laugh? Thank you. Thank you, Olivia. Whew. It's going to be a good day after all. Tend the fire of disappointment and hope. I'm going to give you three ways to tend the fire. Three ways to tend the fire. And this is what I want you to write down. Write this down. If you don't have a notepad, just grab your neighbor's arm. Write down. Number one, prepare your fuel with God's promises. Number two, tend your flame in God's presence. Number three, share your fire with God's people. Number one, prepare your fuel with God's promises. We, we spent, um, after the Winter Ramp Conference that we went to, we spent a, a couple of days at my parents' house. Now, my, my parents live in like this like this really modern house, and, you, and in the living room, they have a fireplace. It, it doesn't look like a fireplace because it looks just like a piece of glass. And the way you turn on the fireplace is you don't like go out back and get logs and like put it in there and then get kindling and then light it with, a match. You literally walk over the wall and just hit a switch, and then <laughs> the fire turns on, and then you warm yourself by the fire. It's amazing, but that's not the kind of fuel I'm talking about. For a couple years in high school, um, I my family lived on a farm, and we had to we like split our own wood. Part of our house was was wood heated with a with a wood stove. And anybody split wood in here before? Anybody? There's okay, like five of you. Um, it's actually a really cathartic experience if you just want to like, I don't know, anywhere I, how, how you can find wood. But the first thing you need to do to tend your fire of disappointment and hope is to prepare your fuel with God's promises. See, right now, some, some, some of you, the reason why the questions and the problems are so big in your mind and heart is because you've yet to latch on some things that God's promised you. So when you're all alone by yourself, the only thing that's going to come to mind is the thing that's deepest in you. Are you hearing me? If God's promises aren't deeper in you than the problems of life, then what's going to come to the service are going to be the problems of life. So you've got to fuel the fire of hope with the promises of God. Have you asked God what his opinion is about whatever situation you're dealing with in your life? Or are you just walking into it and looking at it circumstantially? Do you know he is not indifferent towards your life? He's not indifferent towards that relationship you're concerned about, toward that job situation, towards your financial situation. He's not indifferent towards that relational tension that you have with a friend or a family member. He is not, he's not indifferent, he's not apathetic. And you know what else? He's not wondering what to do about it. You're not going to ask him, he's like, ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) I haven't considered that. He's not looking, he's not going to grab for a reference manual off of his bookshelf and go, hold on one second, let me flip through depression. Let me. (laughs) He intricately knows, of course, the the fabric of the human being, but he also, he's intricately involved in your unique situation and wiring and experience and pain points. And whether whether it was nurture or nature, he knows it all in you. He's intimately acquainted with it. And what you need to do is you need to get his opinion on the matter. Some of them are in black and white. People have people for hundreds of years have been using them. And it's a if you're believing for the, for the salvation of a family member, no reason to ask. It's right here. He, he wills that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You have it in black and white. Is it in you? Is it in you? Is it in you when you're all by yourself and what comes to the surface? Faith or fear? Is it in you? The first step to tending the, 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 the fire of disappointment and hope is prepare your fuel with God's promises. Some days the fire is not burning. But the answer isn't yell at the fire. We're Pentecostals. We yell at stuff. Okay, give it a, your best shot, but it won't work. Get hotter. Burn. It's not going to work. The way you increase the heat of fire is you add fuel. Come on. You add fuel to the fire. And the fuel are God's promises. Find his opinion. Find his perspective. And load up that fire with God's promises. Number one, prepare your fuel with God's promises. Number two, tend your flame in God's presence. Some of you have already felt a fresh call, a fresh invitation in 2022 to spend more time with God. Anybody? Just give me a nod. Yeah. Why is that? Because God's called you to stand in some bigger gaps than you've ever stood in before. You know, we never come to the place where God's like, oh, man, you did a great job standing in those gaps. No more gaps for the rest of your life. You made it. It's more like the military, where I stood in that gap, and you know what happens? I get a new star right here. And that doesn't mean I'm done standing in gaps. That means, okay, good job, buddy. You did great at that battle. Go stand in a new gap, a bigger one. That's harder to figure out and more complicated and takes more faith. That's the gap I want you to stand in in 2022. You're like, God, please rescue me from 2021. Okay, I'll rescue you by giving you a bigger gap. The reason you're feeling a fresh call into God's presence is because the things he's called you, the gaps he's called you to stand in, you won't be able to sustain hope in that level of disappointment unless you've connected with his presence. Is it hitting home? You've got to realize the only way you can tend the fire of disappointment is if you're simultaneously tending the fire of hope. And that can only happen through supernatural connection with the living God. That doesn't mean it's fireworks every time you get with God. That means you're consistent. You get in His presence and you tend your individual flame. What does that look like? Wherever you're at, you need to take that up a notch. If you've never spent time with God, start with something. Five minutes. I, actually, you don't even start with five minutes. Just go sit down, open your Bible, then close it and leave. I mean, if that's where you want to start, please just start somewhere. And if you start there every day, pretty soon, after, after about 10, 20 days, just opening your Bible and closing it, you're going to read a verse. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, you may read two verses. God, God just needs one verse. He just needs a half a verse he's going to speak to you. Sometimes he doesn't even need you to open the Bible. You just like pick it up. You're like, God, this is all the faith I got. guy. I'm just going to pick it up. And he'll speak to you in that place. But wherever you are, what does it look like to take that next step? Why? Because you're tending a flame. You're tending that individual flame that you have. So you can stand in greater problems and bring in greater solutions. It's the journey for your life in 2022. Number one, prepare your fuel with God's promises. Number two, tend your flame in God's presence. Number three, share your fire with God's people. Do you know the amazing thing about fire? Is it always increases when you put put different pieces of fuel together in the same spot. And we could try to light one log on fire. But when you put ten logs in there, there's an exponential effect. Do you know why we gather together? It's not to celebrate each other's gifts, right? If, if you wanted to do that, you should be going to an Adele concert, okay? <laughs> We're just regular old people, yeah. just seeking God. The reason why you come here is because you know, individually I have a flame, but together we have a fire. Yeah. And sometimes I come and my, my I am barely flickering. Like sometimes it's just smoke and you can kind of see some embers in there. But I come around somebody. I get around Susanna, and she's she is on fire this week. And something about that—that that glow, that heat—is encouraging me. It lifts me up. I get around Inyo, and Inyo's telling me about what God said in her life. She's sending me words over WhatsApp. Thank you, Inyo, for that. And what happens? What happens in that flame of mine? It, it 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 adds fuel. It increases into a fire. Yeah. This is why we have communities, small groups. Our small groups. It's not because that's what churches are supposed to do. If you felt the temperature cool, perhaps it's because you're trying to keep the fire alive alone. If you felt the temperature cool, perhaps it's because you haven't gotten around other flames. It's not just your I, I, I'm sorry, that lie that we tell ourselves in modern culture is just me and God and that's all I need. That is, I don't know who told you that, but they lied. <laughs> they lied to you. I, I can assure you they're not on fire. Because it doesn't work. You're not going to last for long. You know what you're doing? You're actually living on the residual of, a, of, of the fire you used to have when you were around people. But give some life circumstances, some real life, some relational tension, some financial struggle, some questions that a friend asked you that you would never thought about before that seems bigger than your brain. That, uh, bring in some of those things. What happens to your flame? It gets cool and cool and cool and cool. The, the, this, is, this is made to be lived together. It's the only way it works. So we're starting communities in a few weeks. This is not a plug for communities, but it is a plug for communities. We're starting communities in a few weeks. Why are we starting communities? Not because it's the churchy thing to do, but because the third way to tend the fire of disappointment and hope is to share your fire with God's people. That's why community matters. If you're trying to do life on your own, I am not surprised why there's a struggle. Do you know the difference between the struggle when you're alone and when when you're with others? It's not that the struggles go away. It's that I have the ability to stand in the gap. That's the difference. Because I have people around who are championing me on and and are cheering me on to go, that's that's the gap you're called to stand in. (laughs) That's the place of discomfort. That's the place of questions. That's the place of wondering. That's the place of I don't know where I'm going or where I've been. That's the gap you're called to stand in. Don't move. That's what community is about. I know you don't know where you're going. It's okay. That's the gap you're called to stand in. God's going to give you answers. He's going to give you promises. Um, ben, can you, can you have a conversation on the front row? And then when you're ready, you can come up. If you're wondering if this service was meticulously planned um, on an outline before we had it, that, that was an obvious answer. No, it was not. We're winging it. Come on up, guys. We like to end each service with a time of prayer um, and the reason is is because we believe God responds to the simple foolishness of prayer i 've seen it happen too many times to deny it at this conference one of the reasons I knew this was a special moment is when we heard a story from a young man who told one of our ministry team that in this conference I had come in and um, and I was self harming and they had the razor blade with them and they had scars on their arm from self harming but in the middle of worship without somebody praying for them they looked down at their arms and all of their scars had been healed either I'm making that up or that's worth celebrating I knew it was a special moment that's only one testimony I wanna share one more testimony. I love long-term change, it's one of my favorite things. It's one of the reasons I'm a pastor is because I love seeing long-term transformation, not just in events. And there's a youth pastor that, come up on, that came up on stage to share a testimony that happened a few years prior at a ramp event. Now he's, he's a youth worker, he's a youth pastor, he's giving it himself to minister to young people. But his first time at the ramp, he came to a conference, he just came with a group, it was like a last ditch effort in his life. He didn't know where else to go. And he shows up and he's asking God, God, show, I just need you to show your, make yourself real. Like, I don't even know about all this stuff. And he was, he was living at that point, he was living with an adoptive family. And he had only recently, he was in high school, he only recently found out his, his, his birth name. He'd, been gone, he, he'd gone by a different name his whole life. And he only recently found out his birth name. There only a few people on planet Earth who knew his birth name. And he's standing there at the end of service he'd been asking the whole conference god just make yourself known i just want to know you and he sees all these people around him who seem to be experiencing god and he's saying that the end of the last service and, he, and he, he's just on the edge of giving up I just don't know if i'm going to believe this and he said he sees this guy on stage somebody from our, our ministry team who's like staring at him from stage he's like staring at him like this he's like this is awkward and when they when they when the ministry team comes down in into the audience, this person walked straight up to him and the first word out of his mouth was this young man's birth name, which happened to be a really obscure name. It was the name Meshach, which which is actually a Hebrew name. But he'd only just now found out about it he's asking god god show me that you're real so one of our ministry team leaders comes off the stage and this is what god told him to say because in in the bible the word meshach you remember the guys who who, who ended up in the fire shadrach meshach and abednego were in a fire so the, and 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 they were rescued from the fire this is what the, the 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 young man named alex called alex came up to him and he said he said god says over you that you're Meshach. And I'm with you in the fire. And if there's anything I've come to tell you today, whatever your fire looks like, it could be questions. It could be a relationship that's fallen apart. It could be financial lack. It could be you've given up on faith. You're not alone in the fire. The promise today is not that you're going to be rescued every time from every single fire and challenge and question. The promise is you're not alone in the fire. You're not there by yourself. And you may not be a high school student this morning just asking God, just show me that you're even real. And God chooses to tell your birth name. His I think the name he goes by is Chad or something. How different is that than Meshach? Was it Corey? Corey. You may not be in that situation, but you're somewhere. You're in some fight and God wants to make himself known today, Would you stand on your feet on across his